Chapters 9 through 15, Book 3, Volume 1 of Le Morte Arthur by Sir Thomas Mallory. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Jessica Snyder, July 2007. Le Morte Arthur Volume One by Sir Thomas Mallory, Book Three, Chapters Nine through Fifteen. Chapter Nine. When Sir Tor was ready, he mounted upon his horseback and rode after the knight with the brachet. So as he rode, he met with a dwarf suddenly that smote his horse on the head with a staff, that he went backward his spear length. Why dost thou so? said Sir Tor. For thou shalt not pass this way, but if thou joust with yonder knights of the pavilions. Then was Tor where, where two pavilions were, and great spears stood out, and two shields hung on trees by the pavilions. I may not tarry, said Sir Tor, for I am in a quest that I must needs follow. Thou shalt not pass said the dwarf and therewithal he blew his horn then there came one armed on horseback and dressed his shield and came fast towards tor and he dressed him against him and so ran together that tor bare him from his horse and anon the knight yielded him to his mercy but sir i have a fellow in yonder pavilion that will have ado with you anon he shall be welcome said sir tor then he was ware of another knight coming with great rondon and each of them dressed to other that marvel it was to see but the knight smote sir tor a great stroke in midst of the shield that his spear all to shivered and Sir Tor smote him through the shield, below of the shield, that it went through the cost of the knight, but the stroke slew him not. And therewith Sir Tor alighted, and smote him on the helm a great stroke, and therewith the knight yielded him, and besought him of mercy. I will well, said Sir Tor, but thou and thy fellow must go unto king arthur and yield you prisoners unto him by whom shall we say we are thither sent ye shall say by the knight that went in the quest of the knight that went with the brachet now what be your two names said sir tor my name is said the one sir felot of langduck and my name is said the other sir pettipace of winchelsea now go ye forth said sir tor and god speed you and me then came the dwarf and said unto sir tor i pray you give me a gift i will well said sir tor ask i ask no more said the dwarf but that ye will suffer me to do you service for I will serve no more recreant knights. Take an horse, said Sir Tor, and ride on with me. 
I wot ye ride after the knight with the white bratchet, and I shall bring you where he is, said the dwarf. And so they rode throughout a forest, and at the last they were ware of two pavilions, even by a priory, with two shields, and the one shield was enued with white, and the other shield was red. End chapter 9 Chapter 10 Therewith Sir Tor alighted, and took the dwarf his glaive, and so he came to the white pavilion, and saw three damsels lie in it, one on pallet sleeping. And so he went to the other pavilion, and found a lady lying sleeping therein. But there was the white bratchet that bayed at her fast. And therewith the lady yeed out of the pavilion, and all her damsels. But anon, as Sir Tor espied the white bratchet, he took her by force, and took her to the dwarf. "'What, will ye so?' said the lady. "'Take my bratchet from me?' "'Yea,' said Sir Tor. "'This bratchet have I sought from King Arthur's court hither.' "'Well,' said the lady, "'knight,' Ye shall not go far with her, but that ye shall be met and grieved. I shall abide what adventure that cometh, by the grace of God. And so, mounted upon his horse, and passed on his way toward Camelot. But it was so near night, he might not pass but little further. Know ye any lodging? said Tor. I know none, said the dwarf. But here beside is an hermitage, and there ye must take lodging as ye find. And within a while they came to the hermitage, and took lodging, and was there grass, oats, and bread for their horses. Soon it was sped, and full hard was their supper. But there they rested them all night till on the morn, and heard a mass devoutly, and took their leave of the hermit. And Sir Tor prayed the hermit to pray for him. He said he would, and betook him to God. And so mounted upon horseback, and rode toward Camelot a long while. With that they heard a knight call loud that came after them, and he said, Knight, abide, and yield my bratchet that thou took from my lady. Sir Tor returned again, and beheld him, how he was a seemly knight, and well horsed, and well armed at all points. Then Sir Tor dressed his shield, and took his spear in his hands, and the other came fiercely upon him, and smote both horse and man to the earth. Anon they arose lightly, and drew their swords as eagerly as lions, and put their shields afore them, and smote through the shields, that the cantles fell off both parties. Also they tamed their helms, that the hot blood ran out, and the thick mails of their hauberks they carved, and rove in sunder, that the hot blood ran to the earth and both they had many wounds and were passing weary but sir tor espied that the other knight fainted and then he sued fast upon him and 
doubled his strokes, and gart him go to the earth on the one side. Then Sir Tor bade him yield him. That will I not, said Abelius, while my life lasteth and the soul is within my body, unless that thou wilt give me the brachet. That will I not do, said Sir Tor, for it was my quest to bring again thy brachet, thee, or both. End chapter 10 Chapter 11 With that came a damsel, riding on a palfrey as fast as she might drive, and cried with a loud voice unto Sir Tor, What will ye with me? said Sir Tor. I beseech thee, said the damsel, for King Arthur's love give me a gift. I require thee, gentle knight, as thou art a gentleman. Now, said Sir Tor, ask a gift, and I will give it you. Gramercy, said the damsel, now I ask the head of the false knight Abelius, for he is the most outrageous knight that liveth, and the greatest murderer. I am loath, said Sir Tor, of that gift I have given you. Let him make amends in that he hath trespassed unto you. Now, said the damsel, he may not, for he slew mine own brother before mine own eyes that was a better knight than he. And he had had grace, and I kneeled half an hour afore him in the mire for to save my brother's life, that had done him no damage, but fought with him by adventure of arms. And so for all that I could do, he struck off his head. Wherefore I require thee, as thou art a true knight, to give me my gift, or else I shall shame thee in all the court of King Arthur, for he is the falsest knight living, and a great destroyer of good knights. Then when Abelius heard this, he was more afeard, and yielded him, and asked mercy. I may not now, said Sir Tor, but if I should be found false of my promise, for while I would have taken you to mercy, ye would none ask, but if ye had the brachet again, that was my quest. And therewith he took off his helm, and he arose and fled, and Sir Tor after him, and smote off his head quite. Now, sir, said the damsel, it is near night. I pray you, come and lodge with me here at my place. It is here fast by. I will well, said Sir Tor, for his horse and he had fared evil since they departed from Camelot. And so he rode with her, and had passing good cheer with her. And she had a passing fair old knight to her husband, that made him passing good cheer and well eased both his horse and him. And on the morn he heard his mass, and brake his fast, and took his leave of the knight and of the lady, that besought him tell them his name. Truly, he said, my name is Sir Tor, that was late made knight, and this was the first quest of arms that ever I did, to bring again that this knight Abelius took away from King Arthur's court. Oh, fair knight, said the lady and her husband, and ye come here in our marches, come and see our poor lodging, and it shall be always at your commandment. 
So Sir Tor departed, and came to Camelot on the third day by noon. And the king and the queen and all the court was passing fain of his coming, and made great joy that he was come again. For he went from the court with little succour, but as King Pellinore his father gave him an old courser, and King Arthur gave him armour and a sword, and else he had none other succour, but rode so forth himself alone. And then the king and the queen, by Merlin's advice, made him to swear to tell of his adventures. And so he told and made proofs of his deeds, as it is afore rehearsed, wherefore the king and the queen made great joy. Nay, nay, said Merlin, these be but japes to that he shall do, for he shall prove a noble knight of prowess, as good as any is living, and gentle and courteous, and of good tatches, and passing true of his promise, and never shall outrage. Where through Merlin's words King Arthur gave him an earldom of lands that fell unto him. And here endeth the quest of Sir Tor, King Pellinore's son. End of chapter 11 Chapter 12 then King Pellinore armed him, and mounted upon his horse, and rode more than a pace after the lady that the knight led away. And as he rode in a forest, he saw in a valley a damsel sit by a well, and a wounded knight in her arms, and Pellinore saluted her. And when she was ware of him, she cried over loud, Help me, knight, for Christ's sake, King Pellinore! And he would not tarry, he was so eager in his quest and ever she cried an hundred times for help. When she saw he would not abide, she prayed unto God to send him as much need of help as she had, and that he would feel it or he died. So, as the book telleth, the knight there died that there was wounded, wherefore the lady, for pure sorrow, slew herself with his sword. As King Pellinore rode in that valley, he met with a poor man, a laborer. Sawest thou not, said Pellinore, a knight riding and leading away a lady? Yea, said the man, I saw that knight, and the lady that made great dole, and yonder beneath in a valley there shall ye see two pavilions, and one of the knights of the pavilions challenged that lady of that knight, and said she was his cousin near, wherefore he should lead her no farther. And so they waged battle in that quarrel. The one said he would have her by force, and the other said he would have the rule of her by cause he was her kinsman, and would lead her to her kin. For this quarrel he left them fighting, and if ye will ride apace, ye shall find them fighting, and the lady was be left with the two squires in the pavilions. God thank thee, said King Pellinore. Then he rode a wallop, till he had a sight of the two pavilions, and the two knights fighting. Anon he rode unto the pavilions, and saw the lady that was his quest, and said, Fair lady, ye must go with me unto the court of King Arthur. Sir knight, said the two squires that were with her, yonder are two knights that fight for this lady. 
go thither and depart them and be agreed with them and then ye may have her at your pleasure ye say well said king pellinore and anon he rode betwixt them and departed them and asked them the causes why that they fought sir knight said the one i shall tell you this lady is my kinswoman nigh mine aunt's daughter and when i heard her complain that she was with him maugre her head i waged battle to fight with him sir knight said the other whose name was hanslake of wintland and this lady i gat by my prowess of arms this day at arthur's court that is untruly said said king pellinore for ye came in suddenly there as we were at the high feast and took away this lady or any man might make him ready and therefore it was my quest to bring her again and you both or else the one of us to abide in the field therefore the lady shall go with me or i will die for it for i have promised it king arthur and therefore fight ye no more for none of you shall have no part of her at this time and if ye list to fight for her fight with me and i will defend her well said the knights make you ready and we shall assail you with all our power and as king pellinore would have put his horse from them sir hanslake rove his horse through with a sword and said now art thou on foot as well as we are when king pellinore espied that his horse was slain lightly he leapt from his horse and pulled out his sword and put his shield afore him and said knight keep well thy head for thou shalt have a buffet for the slaying of my horse so king pellinore gave him such a stroke upon the helm that he clave the head down to the chin that he fell to the earth dead End chapter twelve chapter thirteen and then he turned him to the other knight that was sore wounded but when he saw the other's buffet he would not fight but kneeled down and said take my cousin the lady with you at your request and i require you as ye be a true knight put her to no shame nor villainy what said king pellinore will ye not fight for her no sir said the knight i will not fight with such a knight of prowess as ye be well said pellinore ye say well i promise you she shall have no villainy by me as i am a true knight but now me lacketh an horse said pellinore but i will have hounslake's horse ye shall not need said the knight for i shall give you such an horse as shall please you so that you will lodge with me for it is near night i will well said king pellinore abide with you all night and there he had with him right good cheer and fared of the best with passing good wine and had merry rest that night and on the morn he heard a mass and dined and then was brought him a fair bay courser and king pellinore's saddle set upon him now what shall i call you said the knight inasmuch as ye have my cousin at your desire of your quest sir i shall tell you 
My name is King Pellinore of the Isles, and Knight of the Table Round. Now I am glad, said the knight, that such a noble man shall have the rule of my cousin. Now what is your name? said Pellinore. I pray you, tell me. Sir, my name is Sir Meliot of Logers, and this lady my cousin hight Nimue. And the knight that was in the other pavilion is my sworn brother, a passing good knight, and his name is Brian of the Isles, and he is full loath to do wrong, and full loath to fight with any man, but if he be sore sought on, so that for shame he may not leave it. It is marvel, said Pellinore, that he will not have ado with me. Sir, he will not have ado with no man, but if it be at his request. Bring him to the court, said Pellinore, one of these days. Sir, we will come together. And ye shall be welcome, said Pellinore, to the court of King Arthur, and greatly allowed for your coming. And so he departed with the lady, and brought her to Camelot. So as they rode in a valley it was full of stones, and there the lady's horse stumbled and threw her down, that her arm was sore bruised, and near she swooned for pain. Alas, sir, said the lady, mine arm is out of lies, wherethrough I must needs rest me. Ye shall well, said King Pellinore. And so he alighted under a fair tree where was fair grass, and he put his horse thereto, and so laid him under the tree, and slept till it was nigh night. And when he awoke he would have ridden. Sir, said the lady, it is so dark that ye may as well ride backward as forward. So they abode still, and made there their lodging. Then Sir Pellinore put off his armour. Then a little afore midnight he heard the trotting of an horse. Be ye still, said King Pellinore, for we shall hear of some adventure. End of chapter 13 Chapter 14 And therewith he armed him. So right even afore him there met two knights. The one came forward Camelot, and the other from the north, and either saluted other. What tidings at Camelot? said the one. By my head, said the other, there have I been, and espied the court of King Arthur, and there is such a fellowship they may never be broken, and well nigh all the world holdeth with Arthur, for there is the flower of chivalry. Now for this cause I am riding into the north to tell our chieftains of the fellowship that is withholden with King Arthur. As for that, said the other knight, I have brought a remedy with me that is the greatest poison that ever ye heard speak of, and to Camelot will I with it, for we have a friend right nigh King Arthur, and well cherished, that shall poison King Arthur, for so he hath promised our chieftains, and received great gifts for to do it. Beware, said the other knight, of Merlin, for he knoweth all things by the devil's craft. 
therefore I will not let it, said the knight, and so they departed asunder. Anon after, Pellinore made him ready, and his lady, and rode toward Camelot, and as they came by the well there, as the wounded knight was and the lady, there he found the knight, and the lady eaten with lions or wild beasts, all save the head, wherefore he made great sorrow, and wept passing sore, and said, Alas! her life might I have saved, but I was so fierce in my quest, therefore I would not abide. Wherefore make ye such dole? said the lady. I wot not, said Pellinore, but my heart mourneth sore of the death of her, for she was a passing fair lady, and a young. Now will ye do by mine advice? said the lady. Take this knight, and let him be buried in an hermitage, and take the lady's head, and bear it with you unto Arthur. So King Pellinore took this dead knight on his shoulders, and brought him to the hermitage, and charged the hermit with the corpse, that service should be done for the soul, and take this harness for your pain. It shall be done, said the hermit, as I will answer unto God. End chapter 14 Chapter 15 And therewith they departed, and came there as the head of the lady lay with a fair yellow hair that grieved King Pellinore passingly sore when he looked on it, for much he cast his heart on the visage. And so by noon they came to Camelot, and the king and the queen were passing fain of his coming to the court, and there he was made to swear upon the four evangelists to tell the truth of his quest from the one to the other. Ah, Sir Pellinore, said Queen Guinevere, ye were greatly to blame that ye saved not this lady's life. Madam, said Pellinore, ye were greatly to blame, and ye would not save your own life, and ye might. But, save your pleasure, I was so furious in my quest that I would not abide, and that repenteth me, and shall the days of my life. Truly, said Merlin, ye ought sore to repent it, for that lady was your own daughter, begotten on the lady of the rule, and that knight that was dead was her love, and should have wedded her, and he was a right good knight of a young man, and would have proved a good man, and to this court he was coming. And his name was Sir Miles of the Lawns, and a knight came behind him, and slew him with a spear, and his name is Lorraine le Savage, a false knight, and a coward, and she, for great sorrow and dole, slew herself with his sword, and her name was Aline. And because ye would not abide and help her, ye shall see your best friend fail you, when ye be in the greatest distress that ever ye were or shall be, 
and that penance God hath ordained you for that deed, that he that ye shall most trust to of any man alive, he shall leave you there, ye shall be slain. Me forthinketh, said King Pellinore, that this shall me betide, but God may fordo well destiny. Thus, when the quest was done of the white heart, the which followed Sir Gawain, and the quest of the brachet, followed of Sir Tor, Pellinore's son, and the quest of the lady that the knight took away, the which King Pellinore at the time followed, then the king established all his knights, and them that were of lands not rich he gave them lands, and charged them never to do outrageousity nor murder, and always to flee treason, also by no means to be cruel, but to give mercy unto him that asketh mercy, upon pain of forfeiture of their worship and lordship of King Arthur for evermore, and always to do ladies, damsels, and gentlewomen succor upon pain of death, also that no man take no battles in a wrongful quarrel for no law, for no world's goods. Unto this were all the knights sworn of the table round, both old and young. And every year were they sworn at the high feast of Pentecost. Explicit the wedding of King Arthur. Secutor quartus liber. End of Book 3, Chapters 9 through 15.